0: Welcome to another inspirational message from the chapel. We pray this message encourages and inspires you. If you would like any more information, check out our website, thechapelcollective.com.au. My name's Andrew. If you haven't met me, uh, I'm the 8.30 service pastor. I'm cheeky and uh, I love Jesus. And so we're going to do a bit of that over the next couple of minutes, uh, if you don't mind. Um, I want to talk about intentions today. Did you know that it takes 66 days to start, form, uh, and place a habit in your life? 66 days. So many studies have been done. Um, there's this one psychologist, Lally, who saw that different kind of intentions, different kind of habits could take 18 to 254 days. A lot of data, right? So the the... The um, the median point of his data was 66 days. Now, if you started a New Year's resolution this year, that 66th 66th day would have happened this week, this past week. So, well done if you've started a new habit. January one, lose weight, read your Bible every day, whatever it might be, and you're still going at it. You've formed that habit. Well done. 66 days. So, the definition of intentionality, is the fact of being deliberate and purposeful. The fact of being deliberate and purposeful. It's an action and it's a reason. Being deliberate about something is an action. You're deliberate about something, you do something. It's an, in, it's an intentional movement. It's an action and the, to be purposeful, there's a reason behind it. A purpose is something that you think, I'm doing this because I'm doing this for this reason. There is purpose behind it. And the fact of being intentional and deliberate, if the slide's up there, the word fact means that it, it happens. It comes to pass. It's truth. It's real. So to make something real, to be intentional to make something real, to put it in your life, is deliberate and purposeful, an action and a reason. So Craig Groeschel, he's a Christian pastor. He is the person behind the YouVersion Bible app. So his church invented that, not the Bible, but the Bible app. He is responsible for putting it on your phones. It is the most used Um, It's the most read app on social media. Is that how you say it? The most used app in the app store, whatever, or the, the Samsung one for you people that aren't using iPhones. Craig Groeschel, he's an important dude, influential dude, very intentional, some amazing leadership talks that he gives, fantastic podcast as well. He says all people end up somewhere in life but few end up there on purpose. All people end up somewhere in life, but few end up there on purpose. We can coast through life without reason, without being deliberate or purposeful. We're going to end up somewhere. That's a fact. We're going to end up somewhere, at some destination, be it good, bad, indifferent. But when we are purposeful and we're deliberate about what we do in our life, we, we make sure that it comes to pass, that it's good, that God's behind it, and that we um, create a result and create a lifestyle that is impacting for Him. I've got three points this morning. We're going straight into it. Point number one, God starts by putting intentions in your heart. God starts by putting intentions in your heart. Now, you would if i was like pastor bron i would rap that because start rhymes with heart but i'm not going to i'm not going to yeah i know i can't do that nate boyce has his hand over the master volume just there just like mate if you're going to rap i'm going to i'm going to slide the sound way down we're going it's like a driver like a driver covering the brake it's like oh, we're going to steer clear of that accident anyway point number 1 god starts by putting intentions In your heart, what I love about Christianity, and it's a differential between other religions, is that Christianity is very intentional. It's proactive; it's not reactive. You look at all the other religions; it's reactive. They read the Pro forma, the Sanskrit, the Quran, the all the rule books that the Jews have. It's like stack them up; it's this high. There's so many of them. They follow the rules of their God so strictly but it's given to them. We do have rules in Christianity and we follow them, but God gives us intentions, holy intentions. He doesn't want us to follow rules. He wants us to follow the words that he puts in our heart. He wants us to follow the intentions that he places in our heart and to be deliberate and purposeful with what he gives us. There's freedom there. There's bounds. Yes, there are bounds, but there's boundaries, but that and the boundaries are grace. And when we stay in, that, in the bounds of grace and when we um, follow the intentions that God puts in our heart, we are intentional and he leads us there for a reason, whatever that may be, whatever that may be. And he does that because he wants us to be better. He does that because he wants us to be more powerful and more effective, not through what we do but through what he does through us. Um, my father is the best example to me about being intentional and following through with your intentions. He, um, he was quite successful. He was an average dude, and I mean that with all due respect, just an average dude, not super talented, not, um, not showy, just an average dude who was just faithful with the things that God put in his heart. And so when he was a little boy, God said to him that you're going to be a writer and so he held this in his heart for however long however long decades but he didn't really go down that path so he was an accountant a chartered accountant now numbers words it's like oil water right it's very rare to find someone who's fantastic with numbers and fantastic with words and he he went to school, studied hard, Bachelor of Commerce, Chartered Accountant, Middle Management, Coopers, KPMG. He was a high flyer. He was really good at what, he, what God called him to in the accounting world. But he always had this intention that God put on his heart to write books or to write. And so he dabbled a little bit at every family event. It was Uncle David that had to write the poem. So he's got this... Um, chronology of poems from all these uh, family events, grandparents, wedding anniversary, this person's 18th, this person's 21st, and there's a poem from my dad, David. And, uh, and that was about the extent of his writing. He also wrote for um, articles in, like, accounting magazines. Oh. Sorry, James. <laughs> You're getting excited. It's like, yes, accounting magazines. How good is this? Preach it. And uh, and that was the extent of it for a while. That was the extent of it for a while, and that was fantastic. It was all good. It was all helpful. He was responding to the intentions of God. Craig Rochelle writes again. There's a bit of Craig Rochelle today. The decisions you make today are the stories you'll tell tomorrow. The decisions you make today are the stories that you tell tomorrow. In other words. The next step is to step out. Point number two, the next step is to step out. God puts an intention on your heart. God puts an idea on on your heart, a calling. Whatever it might be, start up a ministry, join a connect group, join Alex's uh, venue team, host team, sorry, not venue team. Join the venue team too, but join the host team, Alex's host team. He's fantastic. The next step is to step out. Proverbs 16.9 says, In his heart, a man plans his course, but the Lord determines the steps. Andrew's commentary to that verse is, but you take the first step. He'll swing you through and provide the next steps. He'll give you the direction. Just get some momentum in your steps and keep going. Just take that first step and keep going. What's the intention in your heart? What's God put in your heart? I don't know, God, but I'm going to follow through with it. I'll take that first step. I'll take the next step. I'll take steps until you determine my steps. I'm going to hang on to Proverbs 16:9. God determine my steps. I'm going to be deliberate with taking a step. I'm going to be purposeful because I know that it's your intention that you've placed in my heart and I'm going to move through knowing that you're behind me. God will not let your steps falter if you do it as determined by him. So my dad would just write every now and again, when asked to, when there was an occasion, and that was fine. He was good. He was, he was, he was pretty good. Um, he's uh, he uh, I always found it fairly uplifting and humorous. Um, he was quite like me. But oh, that wasn't a joke. But anyway, thanks for laughing. Um, so. He gets to the age of 40, still doing really well. This stage, running his own business, 20-odd staff. God's blessing it. He's a Christian businessman. Fantastic. God's put that intention on his heart too. Left high, high corporate life in the city, running a suburban accountancy firm. Fantastic. Faithful. Serving in church every Sunday. Just being a good dude, doing it for God. Gets sick, terminally sick, 40 years old. We have his 40th birthday party. He didn't write the poem for that party, but he gets sick, motor neurone disease. And uh, he's got something to wrestle with now. And so believes in healing, but the doctors say, mate, you've got two to three years to live. And then he thinks... I better take that step. I better start writing. I think I'm. I think I'm done with accounting, and I need to get in and realize that that God intention that He put on my heart. I need to take this next step. So He does, but now He's got something to write about. He's terminally ill, and so He starts writing. And if you're not aware, motor neuron disease attacks your body, attacks your muscles. It just Arrests the motor neurons in your brain. They're the message. Um, they're the message component that goes to your muscles. I failed science in year ten, so I'm struggling right now. But basically, your body stops working, and he he starts writing books. And God gives him these ideas, and he's got this is uh, this is fifteen years ago. No, twenty years ago. So he's got uh, Microsoft Windows ninety seven. And he, woo, we've got a woo, we've got a 97 fan here. And uh, <laughs> and there's an on, what's called an on-screen keyboard. And he needs someone to help lift his arm up onto a mouse. And he writes at eight words a minute, moving a mouse over an on-screen keyboard, eight words a minute. And he writes a book. And he gets it published. And God moves through it. And we're... Living in Newcastle at the time, and he releases this first book about how just God in his life, his testimony. And he's five years into being sick at this stage, and he's still alive. God's keeping him alive, and it's fantastic. And we're kids growing up. So my brother, my sister, we're growing up. We get our dad a bit longer, and he... he continues to write books and he publishes it and it sells more copies in the week that it's released than Andrew Johns' autobiography that was released the week beforehand. Yeah, come on, God's good, God's good. And so this message is getting out. And so in a couple of months, HarperCollins, who took the contract, that's a miracle in itself because they don't take on these kind of books and they, they say, hey, David, good news but bad news, one message, we've sold out. We've sold out. We should have printed more. And, he, and he's like, well, that's fantastic. So he writes another book and another and another, and he publishes two books, and they're not quite in circulation anymore, but, he, but he's faithful with that. And all through this process, he had to have people to help him. Point three, do it with people and do it for God. There he is there, and my mum, Jill. Um, Point three, do it for people, but do it for God. Do it with people, do it for God. Because intentionality builds everyone else up. Intentionality is what inspires other people. When other people see you being intentional with what God gives you, they go, oh, I want a bit of that. What's fueling that person? What's their passion? What's their driver? And people can get behind the actions that you take and the reasons for taking it. Intentionality is action plus reason. So so people can get behind you and they can be beside you and help you out that way. They can pray for you. They can encourage you. They can run decoy for you. And they can just give you advice. That's what the church is for. That's exactly what the church is for, many different reasons. But God puts people in your life to enable you to reach forward your God-given potential, to take the intentions that God's put on your heart and to achieve what you need to do and to be responsible and responsive and for the things that God's placed in your heart. So my dad had a couple of mates. One runs a, um, a chain of schools, 4,500 enrolments currently. Another one runs half a dozen preschools. Another one runs an architecture firm. And then there's my dad. And they were part of a, an accountability group and they helped him and they inspired him. And now um, one of those dudes thought, well, if David can write a book, eight words a minute, I'm going to write a book too. So he wrote a book. Really good, godly guy. He fed off, he fed off my dad's intentionality. And dad approached a guy called Tim Costello. You might know him, World Vision. Well, you don't know him, but you know of him. World Vision CEO, um, formerly, currently with Micah Australia. He's been mayor of St Kilda. Brother Tim Costello, former treasurer under the Howard government, wrote the foreword for one of the books. Dad just reached out to him. Hey, Tim, writing a book, I'm a Christian, I'm a nice guy. What do you reckon? Have you got any advice? Tim Wright, yeah, I'll I'll help you through the process. Have you got anyone riding you forward? No. All right, I'll do it for you, David. Reached out to a lady called Judith Durham. For all the women in the room, uh, sorry, for all the, um, she's she's a woman who uh, was the lead singer of the Seekers for anyone uh, who's been around for a little while. Reached out to a guy called Craig Hamilton, calls the footy on ABC Radio. Um, wrote the forward for his second book. Just reaches out, hey, guys, I need your help. I need your advice. You guys have done it before. I'm a Christian guy. Here's my story. Are you going to help me? But I'm doing it for God. I don't know how many units I'm going to shift. I don't know how much I'm going to sell. I don't know how many people I'm going to impact. But I've got this thing in my heart, and I need to be intentional about it. And I know what I need to do, but I don't know what I need to do, so I need you to help me through this this new phase of of my life so that I can be effective and these people went sure unknown unknown person who's sent an email out to me and I don't know who you are and met with success God touched it God moved it and it was really cool it was really cool and he's uh, he's no longer here to, to tell the story but he but he cheers from heaven he's been gone for a while Proverbs 11:14 14 says, For lack of guidance a nation falls, but many advisors make victory sure. For lack of guidance a nation falls, but many advisors make victory sure. Make sure your advisors are good advisors. There's plenty of good advisors in this room. Plenty of good people in your connect groups. Plenty of people who will want to help you walk through and navigate through the waters that seem uncertain for you as you step out in faith, as, as you respond to that intention that God puts on your heart, there's people cheering you on. There's prayer teams in our church who cheer you on and pray for you. God's got you. God's behind you. He's beside you. He's going before you. The Holy Spirit is powerful. The Holy Spirit is with you. and your whole, The Holy Spirit will give you that momentum as long as you take the first step. And you might be sitting here this morning. There's that stirring in your heart, that Holy Spirit stirring in your heart. You know what's going on. God's given you an idea. God's given you a prompting. And he's saying, get out. Get out and step out in my name. I'm asking you to do this. I'm allowing you to do this. I'm enabling you to do this. So what action are you going to take? God might be hammering at your heart right now through the Holy Spirit. What's going on? What's going on? You don't know all the steps, but you know one step. That might be the conversation with the co-worker. Hey, do you want to read the Bible with me? Looking over the neighbor's fence. Hey, I'm Andrew. Let's get to know each other. I'm a Christian. Go to the chapel. God's changed my life. Might be tithing. Might be getting into a connect group, might be joining a team, might be whatever. I don't know. You might know. You may not know. I don't know. But God knows. God's telling you. Open up your heart and God will speak to you. So what action? What's that next step? What's the action? What's the purpose? Are you going to let the action plus the purpose enable you to do what God's calling you to do? I don't know. But let good stories like the one my dad has inspire you. It's inspired me. It, I, I, hope, I hope that I can achieve and be responsive to what God's put in my life like he was. He set a great example. And I want to set a good example for my kids, for the people in my life, for my wife, for anyone else, for my mates. And I want them to set a good example for me too. I want to be fed by everyone else. I want to be equipped by God and inspired by other people so that I can be effective in what God's put in my heart intentionally. And I know because I read in Hebrews 12.1 that there's a great cloud of witnesses, some saints that have gone before us who have done fantastic things for God, who are faithful and they're in glory now and they've lived their life on earth and done what God's asked them to do And they're in heaven right now, looking down at this room, looking down at this world right now, and they are cheering us on. And every time when a Christian steps out, every time when a Christian responds to God, putting the intentions on their heart, they look down and they go, yes, he's doing it. She's doing it. They're responding. They're stepping out in power. Let's, let's, let's. Just hold on to God. Let's pray forward for them. Let's go before them and intercede for them because God will push His power through the Holy Spirit through us so that we can do what He's calling us to do. I'm getting a bit Pentecostal. I'm sorry. But God's speaking through me. We've got a cheer from dire case here. God wants us to step out and to just pull back the fear from our, ourselves and to pull ourselves back from ourselves and get into what he's calling us to do. There's power in that. There's power in stepping out and giving glory to God, being deliberate, and purposeful with what he has given us, be it big, be it small, be it the same as what you're doing, be it totally different to what you're doing. God will equip you. He's done it before. You open the Scriptures. There's ordinary people all the way through it. You talk to anyone in this room who's done something for God, who's stood out for God, they're ordinary people. Ordinary in the best sense of the word. But God uses ordinary people, putting that little intention in your heart. And so we're never going to get things right but for standing out and responding to God when God puts that intention in your heart. We don't know what steps we need to take. We don't know how we're going to get there. We don't know what that looks like. We don't know where we're going to go. We don't always know who we're going to do it with. But when that intention starts, what action do I need to take, God? What's the reason behind it? And it might be as simple as the reason being because I told you to. Because it says so in my scriptures. Because I want you to show my love to the world. Whatever that might be, you know better than I do. You open up your heart and God will give it, give that word to you, give that intention. It's just up to us to respond. Big, little, but always good. Always worth it. Always, always effective. Always making us better people, making us bigger people, making us more powerful people, because that's how God works, just by being intentional as a Christian, just by running with his grace. And can I encourage you with this? You'll get it wrong along the way, most likely. You're a human. You'll keep stuffing it up or you'll feel that way sometimes and that's all right turn back to God he'll redirect your steps Proverbs sixteen ninety determines your steps and he will help you through whatever season he's calling you into and make and I just pray that that will be powerful Father God thank you so much that you call us into bigger lives you call us into more powerful lives you call us into the everyday life that you've got us in or you're bringing us into and that's fantastic but you call us into that everyday life and you give us your power so that we can live powerful everyday lives thank you for the intentions you're putting into the hearts of individuals here whether they're known or unknown whether they can work them out or whether it's just a bit of just a bit of intense stuff going on in their spirit right now a bit of stirring Father, I just thank you so much that there's something for everyone that calls you, Father. Everyone that professes that Jesus Christ is their saviour. Thank you, Father, that you equip, that you've got a band of saints in heaven cheering us on, that you've got good people in our lives around us. Ready to help us, ready to advise us, ready to correct us, ready to push some momentum into us, or ready to pull us back if we're too keen. Whatever that might be, God, I just ask that you'll speak into spirits this morning and give some clarity as long as we're deliberate and intentional. In your mighty name, amen.
1: And can we thank uh, Pastor Andrew? And um, (laughs) we're going to continue the conversation for a few moments before we go this morning. So uh, we'd love to hear your questions, if you've got any, uh, about the message or even just in general about Andrew's life. Andrew, you missed my favourite line from your whole message. What do you mean? The first one. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Stay tuned. (laughs) I'll save it. I'm saving it. (laughs) All right. Wait for Andrew to preach next time. Is that it? (laughs) There's nothing else?
0: (laughs) This is is my feedback meeting.
1: (laughs) Andrew's first line was, um, I love the 10 o'clock service because people can see me up here. Yeah. (laughs) Usually he's behind a pulpit in the 8.30 that comes up to you. Which is heavier than me. So Maybe I'm just weak. Anyway. Okay. All right. I'm on a stool now, so this is really helpful. Yes. People can see me
0: better. (laughs) Um, I've just got an
1: easy one for you to start with. It's, um, you said the Lord determines his steps. Uh, how does that work in with free will? Just kidding. That's not the question. Um, okay. okay. if everyone, I'd love everyone just a moment, just a moment, just a pause. All right. And just, I want to ask you a question, everyone here. If there was one thing you wanted to do before you died that you think God might be prompting you to do, what would it be? to run around with the microphone. <laughs> no, 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 that's not. <laughs> I just want you to think of it because, you know, we can listen to a fantastic message like that that's really practical and helpful and not actually go, what's my one thing? What do I want to do with my life? So I'd love you to think about that. And then what would step one be? And, Andrew, that's what I wanted to ask you is how, how do we figure out what step one looks like?
0: Um, well, you preached from it this morning in 8.30. So oh, 1 Thessalonians 4, 11 to 12. And we won't actually have it on the screen, I don't think, unless we can get it out of the Dropbox. Um, I'm hoping you can because I can't remember it verbatim. Uh, it says, make it <laughs> your
1: ambition to live a quiet, quiet and life. godly life. Yep, yep. Mind your own business yep. and work with your hands. Skilled hands, yep. And
0: Do it for the Lord. Yeah, something yep. like that. Yeah, something like that. So that's that's step one is to keep doing what you're doing. Um, unless it's sinful, then don't keep doing what you're doing. <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: I <laughs> just... Um, <yeah. laughs> <laughs> Put that caveat in. Um, so it's either keep doing what you're doing or change it slightly so that it glorifies God. And that's just through conduct. So, as long as, and what that does is that aligns your spirit to be with God. Um, and when our spirits are aligned with God, it's easier to hear from Him. So, if we're running, but I know that if you read the scriptures, you know, Paul on the road to Damascus, he certainly didn't have his. Spirit in line with God, but God had to really grab him, and that happens, and that will happen. Probably not going to happen to anyone who comes to church every Sunday, um, like you, good people. But that's probably step one to make sure that you you're ready for God, Um, and then just open your heart because He does. He scriptures say that He He makes a plan for everyone in their life, and that's done before you're born, and. He wants to see that pass. It doesn't always come to pass because of our humanness and our sinful nature. Yeah. But as long as we say that, God goes, all right, good, you're listening, fantastic. I'm going to tell you that now. And the great cloud of witnesses, Hebrews 12.1, uh, just cheers on. And people in church cheer on. And so there's, it's actually less scary than – it's probably – what for the reasons that people are held back for stepping into that God-given potential, is probably less scary and far more practical and less spiritual than you realise and then God just does the rest. God puts the spiritual side into it because we're human. Um, we just need to be responsive
1: with the simple stuff. That's great. Um, I, I love the way you talk about your dad in the midst of his illness. Um, how, when did he pass, Andrew? How old was he? Uh, Fifty. Fifty, yep. so ten years rather than two. Ten years, yeah. So the way he talked about that in the, his illness, and it was so triumphant. I just was wondering, um, like many of us find that hard, you know, unanswered prayer. Obviously, he wasn't healed mm. at this side of heaven. Yeah. Um, how do you, how did you manage to find that triumphant stance?
0: Because he pressed into God, mm. so he he could have been miserable and woe is me and hang on god i've tithed i've served in church i've been faithful i'm still married i've raised kids i have done everything for your glory but i'm still literally fighting for my life and but he, he just he tipped into another gear like he, he yeah he, he got into a higher gear spiritually and just went you know what? He was all about legacy. He talked about legacy a lot. So his legacy up to the age of 40 was being a good guy, a good, solid Christian guy, Bible-believing. He talked to people about God, um, and he worked hard skillfully. Like in he- uh, 1 Thessalonians 4, he had, he had a skill. He did it really well, um, and he was a shining light in every part of his life. And um, he he was just responsible responsible with that mm. and then when god spoke to him about writing and he gave him a story to write about um, mm. he just went you know what if this is if this is my final chapters so to speak um, i'm going to do it effectively mm. for god and go out with a bang and he did i reckon so mm. yeah and so so i like people will walk away from god if they have hard times like that or hard circumstances but I saw that and just went oh no I'm actually I can see God in that yeah. and I'm going to press into that and my mum uh, still walks with God my brother and sister um, they walk with God and so that's it, in in and of itself that's powerful mm. but the way he responded to God moving him into a different season was powerful too yeah. so that was pretty cool
1: wow that's yeah. amazing. Um, Andrew, you talked about advisors. How do you tell the difference between good and bad advisors? Because sometimes people can look like they're really for you, supportive, have a wealth of knowledge, and they turn out to be not awesome. (laughs)
0: Um, So one of the best pieces of advice I ever got was from um, uh, someone in a a company I used to work for who was a couple of rungs up the ladder from me, um, and they were trying to coach me in leadership, and I came to them with a problem and they said to me, um, if, if they came to me with the same problem I was coming to with them, what advice would I give them? And they switched it around. And then so a lot of the time you know the right thing to do and you know what's best, but you want to hear something different from someone else. Um, <laughs> and so what, what I learned from that was, you you have it in you to test the advice that other people are giving you and you will know whether it's good or bad. Sometimes we want to hear the bad advice because it's more comfortable or easier or whatever it might be. Um, but I think everyone has it in us, whether it's God or not, um, to just test that advice. Um, and look at the fruit of the people um, that are giving you advice. Like, Do they... Do they have a great life? Um, uh, would their advice be consistent with the life they're living? And, um, or if they have made bad choices and, and their advice is aligned with their bad choices, you think, mm, I might ask someone else. Um, but, I mean, it's pretty easy to point out, you know, so many people in this room who give good advice, wise counsel. So
1: um, yeah. I'd just add to that. If it's someone that talks about themselves a whole lot then it's probably like someone who asks questions is often a much better advisor than someone who just talks about themselves a whole lot, wouldn't you say?
0: Yeah, you answered your own question. Uh, Yeah, no.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Your answer was better.
0: Hey again. Thanks so much for joining us on this podcast. Whether you are new and exploring your faith or a follower of Jesus, there's a next step for you.